everyone. Welcome to Let's Be Social. I'm really excited today to have on a special guest. Her name is Lisa Shields, and she has been doing love coaching for over 20 years. She helps successful women find love. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Barbie. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah. So uh, let's get started into how you got into love coaching and kind of take us through to where you are now. Okay. So like most women, I had a history of, you know, just one disappointing relationship after another. And my parents hated each other. So that was not a good thing. I think like many of us, I was set up for disaster. My mother told me when I was very young, don't ever let a man do to you what your father did to me, which was leave her with two young children for another woman. And so that was sort of the setup for me. I spent 13 years in a marriage to a man where every single day I told myself I could do better, but I didn't leave him. I stayed. We did not have children. So there wasn't that excuse for staying. Um, I think I just really was afraid to be alone. And because going into that marriage and finding him, I was so, um, I don't know, though, you know, I struggled so hard in this part of my life. I never was the girl that guys were lining up to date. Uh, I'd never went to prom. And so I clung to him because a part of me was scared that if I left, I would never find someone else. Finally, I got the courage. We were actually fashion photographers. We were living in Milan, Italy at the time, which is very exciting. It was, you know the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And so it was a very exciting time to be doing that. So on one hand, I had this incredible career, this exciting life, and this miserable love life. And I finally left him, gave up my photo career, came back to Santa Fe, New Mexico, where I'm currently living. And um, I looked at my life and I said, Lisa, you can't waste another 13 years in a bad relationship. You need to get this figured out. And having love and partnership for me was just, you know, that wasn't optional. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to wake up every morning and say, oh, you know, I'm happy being single and everything's fine and dandy and all. I, I mean, I was perfectly capable of being single, I'm not slamming anybody who is, but that was not how I wanted to live my life. And I knew that there had to be good men out there. There had to be. I mean, it just stands to reason, right? That the whole male part of humanity is not damaged and doomed. And I realized I was. I had a lot of growing up to do Barbie. You know, the hardest thing I ever did was look at Lisa and admit that I knew nothing about this part of life. I didn't know how to talk to a man. I didn't know how to hold my own when I was on a date with a man that I really liked. 
I would get tongue tied. I didn't know what he would want to, you know, what he wanted to talk about. I didn't know what men were looking for. I didn't know anything about this part of life. On the other hand, I started doing all this personal growth work. And this is a really important piece that I think a lot of your listeners really, uh, I would encourage them to pay attention to what I'm about to say. We go out and we think that self-improvement is the answer to our love lives. It's very important that we know who we are and that we accept and love ourselves as to the, you know, to the best degree that we can. But what many of us do, myself included, is we spend years of our lives going to therapy, going to self-help workshops. Today, we listen to endless YouTube videos and TED Talks, and we fill our heads with information. But there is a brilliant saying, I wish I had created, you know, I wish it was me who had said this first, but information is not transformation. And so we can amass so much knowledge. We can read a library full of books about dating and relationships and all, and nothing changes. And what I realized was that I was getting better and better at being me and I had a whole story around how fabulous life was, and I wanted a man, but I didn't need a man, and I was perfectly happy being alone, but the truth was I wasn't. I wanted a partner. I wanted a man who could bring out the woman in me, and I was longing for that. So when I was turning 40, and I'll get to the end of the story, when I turned 40, um, I was living in Los Angeles, California, and that is a city filled. It may be the city with the most beautiful women on the planet. There are endless, endless, gorgeous, stunning, fit, beautiful women. And I thought, okay, this is my worst nightmare. I am going to be 40 years old and single and dating in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I could sit on a therapist's sofa for more years, or I could do more self-help workshops, generic ones about how to process more of my stuff, or I could just get out there and start dating and facing my biggest fears. And I started to apply everything I had learned through six years of personal growth work. And just to, you know, name a few things, I worked in a spiritual community with Don Miguel Ruiz. He wrote The Four Agreements. And I worked personally with Miguel for many, many years. Um, I was in a 12-step program for food, for compulsive eating, which was transformational for me. And I got my master's in spiritual psychology. So, you know, I had done some very deep work and I had a toolkit that was bulging, right, with all these different tools. And I decided to directly apply that to dating. I went on 96 first dates. The internet was in its infancy, internet dating. And I learned more about men and love and partnership and 
dating the in those two years than I had in my whole life. And I wound up meeting the most extraordinary man I've ever met in my life. And we've been passionately in love for the last 20 years. And Benjamin was the one who said to me, you should be a coach or a therapist, but personal transformation is your passion. It's all you talk about. And so I sold my importing business. I enrolled in a coaching program and here we are. Wow. That's quite a journey. Yeah. But at the at the end, you got what you ultimately were looking for, which was uh, a man that suits you. I think Benjamin is an example of what's possible. He is literally, of all the men I've known and all the teachers I've worked with, Benjamin really sets the standard. In fact, we do sometimes on Sundays, we do a podcast episode ourselves, and it's called Getting Inside the Right Male Mind. And I just interview Benjamin because he has such a beautiful mind. And I really want women to hear how a great man thinks right? So that they can really understand the inner workings of a, a really beautiful male mind. We don't get to, we don't get to hear that all that often. So um, he does set the standard and I do bring on some other men. It's not just Benjamin, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's really lovely. And our clients, one of the things Barbie that we hear from our clients all the time is they will say, you know, your program is extraordinary and I am learning so much, but the fact that we get to see you and Benjamin on weekly calls and we get to see the way you talk to each other, your communication, your connection, many women have never seen a healthy relationship up close and personal in their lives. And so, yeah, it's something that we feel very honored to be able to share with, with people so that they can get a glimpse of, you know, somebody wrote on my Facebook, one of my Facebook ads this morning, and she was like, well, that's fine for her to say, wait until they're 25 years. These, you know, they're happy in love, but wait until 25 years down the line. And I wrote back to her and I said, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, wait a second. We've been together for 20 years. Mm -hmm. This didn't happen yesterday. We have sustained this level of love and connection for 20 years. So, yeah, it's really, it's an extraordinary thing to actually have had a vision for this and then to have been able to go out and make it happen and now teach it to other women. Yeah. Do you, do you find that a lot of your clients have given up on love? Like they've just decided that they can't find that mate and they just, they just don't look anymore? Or do you find that they come to you in hopes of finding that love? Well, nobody would come and sign up to work with us if some part of them 
didn't really want it and believe that they could have it. So um, while they are at the end of their rope, right? Like most of them, I mean, we just, uh, one of our newest clients, she's been through three failed marriages. And this is a gorgeous woman, gorgeous. And her has an amazing career, you know, and works firsthand with Tony Robbins, you know, has done every kind of workshop you could imagine. And she hasn't gotten this part solved. So, you know, she, there's a part of her that isn't giving up, but there's a part of her that's just throwing up her hands going like, I don't know what else to do. And it breaks my heart. You know, the answer to this is not men suck or I'm great and I don't need a man and I'm perfectly fine. One woman on a Facebook ad, I was going through, I have somebody who goes through and kind of comments on all the comments on the ads. We have to do that. And um, we were looking at some of them. And this one woman was like, I'm, I've traveled to 50 countries on my own and I don't need a man and good for good on you. You know, if that's really what you want, but I traveled the world alone and I've traveled the world with my husband and I got to tell you, I would so much rather go with him and wake up every day and in his arms and get dressed and go out and adventure together and have dinners and walk on beaches hand in hand and kiss in the moon, you know, in the moonlight. I don't want to do all that by myself. Sure. And women get, why would you give up on that? Yeah. I know like um, I work with a lot of, the field I'm in is female dominated and I always hear lots of horror stories on online dating, for example, mm-hmm. and how people just don't find some people find their true love on online dating, but a lot of people do it and then they give up. They just, mm-hmm. Oh, it's not for me. Oh, I'm just, people just want hookups, you know, and, and then they give up. So what would your advice be to people like in that situation? So I'm going to make an analogy. I, I, I mentioned I was a professional photographer. Yeah. I can take professional quality photos with this camera. This camera is more sophisticated than my tens of thousands of dollars worth of camera equipment I used to use 30 years ago. This little camera can do more than that. Most people will only ever take snapshots with this. Just because they don't know how to work it doesn't mean that this camera is not amazing. It is the same with online dating. There are so many myths and lies that people perpetuate about online dating. Men do read the profiles. Men do care about the pictures. There are great men out there. But if you are not putting the effort into getting gorgeous photos, men are visual. The first thing they're going to see are your pictures. Now, I'm not telling you to just use professional photos, although you should absolutely get a professional shoot done. 
And when I talk, Barbie, about professional photos, Mm -hmm. I am not talking about glam photos. I'm not talking about getting all dressed up like you're going out on the town with full on makeup and all. I am talking about working with what is called a lifestyle photographer, a lifestyle photographer. These are people who shoot beautiful, natural photos of you laughing and with just normal everyday hair and makeup that you would wear dressed like you would normally dress, you know, and you may have one photo where you have a dress on or where you're really dressed up, but you want to have beautiful, natural photos where you look sensual, not over-sexualized. And these women, so many women are putting up these pictures of themselves where they look like pinup girls and low cleavage and skimpy clothes. And then they're wondering why guys are are coming after them for sex. If you want, if you want a real man, you got to present yourself like a class act. And here's the best part. When women work with us, my husband writes their online dating profiles for them. Oh, nice. So he writes them in a way that men can hear it. Mm-hmm. He says things in the way that men are looking to hear these things. Does that make sense? And so it is um, it is quite uh, it's quite amazing to hear like men when when my women, I'll often interview the the, the couples when they get together. And the guys are like, let me give you a great example. One of my clients who I just interviewed with her guy, he said, I was online and I couldn't believe I'm looking at these photos of these women. They've got sunglasses. They're miles away, right? I can't even see. They're they're like at some landmark and they're like miles away. They've got hats on. The lighting is terrible. And then I read their profiles and they barely write anything. And they put these stupid comments. And he said, then I saw hers. These gorgeous photos, that beautiful smile. And then I click on it and I read her profile. and And I think, oh my God, I have to meet this woman. So our guys will tell us, I fell in love with her when I read her profile. Wow. (laughs) And Barbie, if I can just add one last thing, my husband and I met online and 90% of my clients, smart, successful, educated women of all ages meet their partners online. Okay. So it's just a matter of quality and standing out yeah. over ever, anyone else, basically. High quality profile. Really putting your best self out there. And if I were a woman who was, put, who was going online today, I would have several of my guy friends read my profile and give me honest feedback and look at the pictures 
and give me honest feedback because what you think guys may want to see and hear may be very different and you want to make sure. And I wouldn't just pick any guy. Don't pick your player friends. Don't pick that hot dude. That's like a super, like that's a player. Take your nicest guy friend, the guy that you really admire and respect and say, Hey, would you check out? Or maybe one of your friends, husbands that you really like, have him look that stuff over and give you feedback. Very good. Okay. Yeah. And if someone wanted to get coached by you, how would they do that? Would they reach out to you on Facebook or? Well, what they would do is you could, you can, but the best way, the very best way is to go to Lisa, Lisa shield, S H I E L D. So Lisa shield.com. I have a beautiful website That website is, you know, tells you all about me, my work, the programs I offer. We have a beautiful page of testimonials, of videos, live videos from clients. And we have banners of women with their guys. So you'll see other women who look like you, who have found their partners. And if you like what you see, click the button. It's all over my page. And there is a free 45 minute presentation that you can watch at the very end of that presentation. You have to watch the presentation because I don't want someone coming on a call with us. If she doesn't really feel like she understands the work I do and what I can offer. So listen to the presentation and at the very end, you will have an opportunity to book a call with a member of my team and we will show you how we can help you find true love in 12 weeks. Wow. That's amazing. Such a great, Uh so nice based on your experience that you're able to help, you're able to help others do the same thing. Well, that's the crazy part about it. I mean, Barbie, here's the thing I really want people, women to hear, because I was just like every other woman out there who was like, really like, I don't even want to let myself admit how much I want this, because what if I never get it, right? What if I never get it? And if I really, really admit how, how important this is to me. And I've tried and failed so many times. And maybe it's just not meant for me. Maybe I'm one of those women who my picker is off or, you know, I men just don't like me, you know, maybe I'm just not whatever it is. I may look good on the outside, but there's something about me that other women have that I just don't have. I really want women to hear that none of that is true. I didn't go to prom. I didn't go, you know, I barely had a boyfriend until I was in college. Yeah. I struggled. I, I married the first man who really paid attention to me. And then I clung, I, I held on to him with both hands because I was so afraid that if I let go, I would never find someone else or someone better because I was flawed. 
we all feel those things. And I want women to know that this is a solvable problem. This is, I, I, I looked at other women and I could not stand the way I saw women interacting with men. When I was a little girl, like when I was in, you know, in junior high and high school, and I would watch other girls relating to the guys, I used to sit there and think, oh my God, if that's how I have to behave, I'm going to be alone because I just, that's so inauthentic to me. I couldn't be like I saw other girls being. And then I looked at grown women. I looked at my own mother and my grandmother and other women around me. I didn't like the way they interacted with men. And I really had to learn a way of relating to men that felt heart from the heart, that felt authentic, that felt genuine and didn't feel like a game or a seduction, or I had to go and have two or three glasses of wine just so that I could loosen up and feel like I was making a connection. Uh, I'll tell you something really fascinating, and this was not done intentionally. I didn't like go, I didn't like say, oh, I'm just going to stop drinking and start dating right? I went to a 12-step program for food, not even for alcohol. My dad was an alcoholic and I had food issues. I was eating compulsively and numbing with food and food can be an addiction. So I thought, what the heck? I'll go, I'll try anything. What I'm doing isn't working. I went to a 12-step program for food and part of the program was that you also had to give up alcohol which was not fun. I didn't want to do it. That actually turned out to be a bigger challenge than the food was. And because of that, I started dating. I lost a ton of weight. I started dating, but now I was dating sober. If you can imagine what it's like to go on dates and not be using alcohol as a lubricant, right, to loosen up and to make yourself feel more sexy and in the moment. And you're literally sitting there on dates across from men. And you're like, Oh, my God, what do I do? Right. And you're actually just having to be there with all those uncomfortable feelings and all it was crazy. And so I had to deal with that. I had to walk through that. And, you know, eventually I was able, I went back and, you know, when I met Benjamin and all we, you know, I can have some wine or I can have some alcohol. It's not like I never drank again, but during that time I was sober and I learned how to communicate in a very genuine way. My, my course is called emotion. It's called emotionally naked dating. And so it's really the heart of, and soul of connection is not getting physically naked. It's getting emotionally naked. I like how you put that. Yeah. And how challenging, because um, I think a lot of people use alcohol as a crutch on definitely first dates, um, just to kind of ease the nerves a little bit. Um, so yeah, I like that the, being your authentic self. 
and learning mm-hmm. how to be that, be that person without any barriers. Totally. And that is a scary thing to do, especially when you feel like men don't like you, you know, like, especially when you're sitting there across from some really, really hot guy and the voice in the back of your head is like, oh my God, he must think I'm so boring. You know, what, what is that? What is he going to like about me? And you, you're not drinking. You can hear that voice. And yet you have to be present and find a way to connect with this person. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, I I think that's an important note is um, even though we have females in their masculine energy saying that they don't want men or they don't need men. um, I think everyone, even if they don't want to admit it, wants that connection needs that connection with people, right? You need that intimate connection. It's important. Barbie, I'll tell you something. You can't be a woman. You can you can't express the feminine side yeah. of yourself without that masculine to to play against, right? And so you need a man to bring out the woman in you. But I have one question for all the women who are listening. How would you feel if you were on a date with a man and he looked at you and said, you know, I want a woman, but I don't really need a woman. How would you feel? I would get up and walk out and say, well, you know, then I don't think this is going to work because I want a man who needs me not just wants me, but needs me because he needs a woman in his life and he wants a woman in his life. Real deep, intimate relationships are based on need. And I think that's the hardest thing for all of us to admit. Yeah, absolutely. I think I would be the same way if someone said that to me. I'd be like, then I'm wasting my time sitting here. Yeah. What am I doing? And I think women need to stop and think about that. I understand you don't need a man to put a roof over your head or buy you dinner or buy you, uh, uh, you know, gifts. But boy, it sure is nice to have that. I'm just saying it is so nice to have a man who wants to do those things for you. It just feels good. And as women, as, as women, it, it isn't a line for us to do everything on our own. We can, whoops, <laughs> we can be independent and we can put on that facade. I actually have something very interesting to say about this. Yeah. I have something very interesting to share. So I really want the women listening to really think about this. And Barbie, this may also come as a kind of a surprise to you. Think about this. Two men, when they get together, do you think they talk about their feelings? Do you think they actually sit there and talk about how they feel with each other? I've never thought about that. 
men do not open up emotionally to other men because they see that as a weakness. Yeah. So most men are not going, most highly masculine men are not going to share their feelings with another man. If you are a woman who is in her masculine energy, no man is going to open up to you. Got it. Because he, you may look like a woman, but if you're energetically acting like a man, he won't open up to you. So what's going to happen is you're going to keep going out and trying to connect with men and you're going to keep walking away from dates saying, oh, I keep meeting avoidant, emotionally unavailable, non-committal men. But the problem is they can't com- connect with you because they're not going to open up emotionally to another man. It doesn't feel safe to them. Who they're going to open up to are women who are in their hearts, yeah. who are w- women who know how to make it safe for a man to share these emotions and feelings. Women who are soft, who are kinder, who know how to speak to men without talking down to them, without shaming them. Yeah. Makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I know that, well, I have a lot of my friends are recently single or have been single for like a year. um, And they are in their masculine energy. I know that some of my listeners will be in that same situation as well. So that definitely resonates, I'm sure, with a lot of people. You know, I was at a I was at a wedding and this guy we were talking, he was with his girlfriend who he met online, and he said, he said, What what do you think is the number one issue for women today? And I said, They're too masculine and men can't connect with us. And he looked at me and he said, Oh my God, I'm so glad you said that. He said, Some of my male friends have literally given up on women because they're so sick of meeting these gorgeous women who are so masculine. There's no vulnerability. There's no femininity. And he said, these are really great guys. They're successful. They have a lot to offer and they would love relationships, but they keep meeting one demanding, masculine, tough woman after another and he said, they're done. Yeah. They're sick and tired of it. Yeah. So um, how does a woman, for example, who's dating, get out of their masculine energy? What if they don't well, even realize they're in their masculine energy? <laughs> well, that's the biggest, that's a Barbie, what you just said right there. You, you nailed it. They don't, they don't even see it in themselves, but men do a man will go on a date and he'll be like, Oh my God, I feel this feels like a corporate meeting, a business meeting. This doesn't, this feels corporate. This doesn't feel like a date and women. Number one, women go in with a checklist. So the attitude is I don't want to waste my time. 
Yeah. I don't want to, I, well, I, I, I want to figure out really fast if this guy is, you know, has, has potential or not. And so they're going in Barbie with an, with a very masculine kind of energy. And it's like a business deal. Let me see if he's a candidate or not. You got to throw that out. So what would you say for the female? Um, what advice would you have for someone? Because we were talking about a woman in masculine energy going on a date with men who are picking up the fact that they're emotionally unavailable, basically. Um, what would you say for advice for those women? Well, advice? I you know, I think what starts to happen is we, we, you know, with more and more failures and disappointment and all, what starts to happen is we get together with our girlfriends, we commiserate, we have pity parties, we start to create these negative stories about men, we start creating negative stories about online dating, yes. and you have to, first of all, stay out of all of that. You cannot get into these negative scenarios. So you only want to talk to people about your dating who are, who are being successful and optimistic and can give you positive feedback and support you or share with your friends who are in relationships who might be able to guide you as well or work with a coach, a love coach, doing generic self-help work is not the same as working with an expert who can help you specifically in this part of life. I don't even necessarily believe, like I think one of the powerful things about the work I do specifically, Barbie, is that you can go take all the feminine energy workshops you want. Yeah. You can dance around fires in the moonlight in gossamer gowns with all your girls and be feminine and explore your femininity together. But what makes the work I do unique is that we're not only teaching this, we're showing you how to apply it directly to your dating, using it with men immediately so that you can start to see the difference right away. And our clients, literally, it is the most beautiful thing. We have a physician who's probably in her late 60s. Uh, she was a pediatrician, amazing woman. She has met what we call the guardian of her soul. This woman looks 15 years younger. Wow. The way she's radiating and giggling about this guy that she met and she's having fun dating and she feels empowered in this part of her life for the first time. See, most women think they're going to be empowered by toughening up and putting on a facade and acting strong. Yeah. That's not femininity. And so you've got to start to explore this part of yourself. You've got to start to ask yourself, what are masculine traits? What, what 
are the traits that are considered masculine and which ones might I be exuding, right? Take charge, being direct, being a go-getter, right? Being a problem solver, all of those kinds of things. That's masculine. That's what men do. Women are receptive. We're receivers. Men are givers. Women are receivers, not the other way around. So if you're constantly in giving mode, you're in your masculine. Mm -hmm. If you're not able, most women I meet, whether they're super kind and nurturing and all, they can be the sweetest, kindest, most nurturing woman. But they overgive. And when you overgive, you are doing that ultimately underneath all that most women are doing it not because they're just these incredibly kind generous magnanimous souls although they will tell you that they're doing it because they want something in return but they're so overgiving that there's not even room for that man to do that for them there are very successful women who are so overfunctioning in their relationships with men that there's no way for a man. They, they're like going, well, he needs to step up. And when's he going to step up? Well, they're so busy taking control and taking charge because they're so impatient. And they're like, well, I'm sick and tired of waiting. But you've got to learn how to encourage a man to do those things. Most of these women are so afraid to ask for, for what they want from a man. Mm-hmm. And a man isn't, I had a client, she was lovely young woman, probably in her late twenties, now married, has, I think at least one or two kids, happily married to a doctor. But at the time we were working together, this woman came from a very wealthy family. Her dad could do anything. You know, she wanted a Ferrari. Her dad would buy her a Ferrari. I mean, they had that kind of money. And her best friend started dating his best friend. And the best friend was like showering her friend with gifts and trips and all. And her guy wasn't doing that for her. Now, she didn't need him to do it. Her daddy would do it for her. But I said, but you could hear that she wanted it. But she never let the guy know. And he just assumed she wasn't that kind of girl. She didn't need those gifts because she had so much already. So I said to her, the next time you're walking on Rodeo Drive and you walk by the Chanel store, I want you to look in a window and I want you to comment on something and say, wow, how do you think that dress would look on me? I think it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And see if he gets it for you. And he did. Nice. But she had to let him know that there was something he could do for her. And most of these women are just sitting there and they're angry because guys aren't doing anything. One of my big revelations when I was dating, I looked at all these women, these Malibu Barbies, and I'm like, guys are tripping over themselves to take these women to fancy dinners and buy them things and whatever. And they're not doing that for me. And I realized it was because I never asked them to. Now I, 
Barbie, I can't even open my mouth. If I say something, if I'm like, oh my God, I was shopping and I saw this beautiful necklace, that necklace will be mine. Yeah. And also, don't you think that um, men need to feel needed? Oh my God, yes. So, we all need to feel needed. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're doing everything yourself, and you want that man to step up, how are they going to, there's no room, as you were saying, there's no room for them to step up. They can't read your mind. Yeah. And they're not going to guess, you know, what you want is different with what, than what I want or what somebody else wants. And so it's not what we teach our women is to be inviting and to not, and to state everything as an invitation right? So talk about being feminine. I call this taking the feminine lead. So men lead in a very direct way. Let's go to dinner this time, whatever. A woman is more inviting. When she leads, she does it through invitation. It would make me so happy if you would be my hero if you invited me to dinner this weekend. You would it is such a turn on when a man plans a date. I feel so taken care of. I feel, feel so appreciated when I realize that he actually put some thought into what we're going to do. So you make it inviting and you set them up to win. Do you get this? Setting a man up to win, they are so afraid of rejection. This is something so important for women to know. Men are so afraid of rejection. My husband, we were doing a workshop and my husband was reading books on rejection and he went online dating and rejection. Do you know that every single one of those books was written for men? Wow. No. For men, not women. All of the books he found about Facing rejection and dealing with rejection in dating were written for men. Wow. They are terrified, terrified. And then imagine, this is what we do. I had a client once, bless her. I mean, she, she, I know she has such a good heart and I know she didn't mean to do this, but we shame men. So this guy went out, it was her boyfriend at the time, and he bought her lingerie. And in at that time, he probably went to Victoria's Secret. I'm guessing he wouldn't have bought it online. He probably went to Victoria's Secret or had his secretary do it or something. But he got her lingerie from Victoria's Secret. And when she opened it up on Valentine's Day, she was disappointed because it wasn't La Perla. Wow. Now, can you imagine how that guy felt? Yeah. And he knew. He knew. She's like, she told him, I prefer, I like La Perla. Mm -hmm. And instead of being excited and, oh, my God, lingerie, like, how thoughtful, how many guys, you know, will, will would do that? And no, I, I like La Perla. And so here are these guys who are trying to make us happy. They're not always getting it right. They're not always knocking it out of the ballpark. 
But then there's a lot of women who just have such high standards. And well, if he knew me, he should have known. And they make such a deal about this stuff. And they shoot these guys down. Imagine a guy, how he felt. He felt like he got punched in the gut. And it is so emasculating. And so you've got to set these guys up to win. You would be my hero if. I would love it if. It's such a turn on when. And guys eat this stuff up. And then you can't turn around and then tell them how they could have done it better or how they done it, did it wrong. You've got to say, wow, that was amazing. That was amazing. And it would also be fun next time. Maybe we could do this. Do you see that? Instead of saying, I would have preferred. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you see that? And and really great guys are teachable. They are. We were talking, we have a very, very high profile client right now who's very independent, very successful. And she was talking about you know, that she needed the strong masculine man, take charge kind of guy. And my husband said, look, good guys are teachable. You're looking for a man who, when you make a request, he listens and then does it. Not a guy who just takes charge and does things because they may not be the things that you really want. He's going to be a take charge guy who just wants to do it his way. Yeah. So the nicer guys, the really great guys who what who listen and want to make us happy, those guys are teachable. They're eager to please. And that's what you're looking for. But in order to have that, you have to start to learn how to ask for what you want and to do it in a feminine way. Yeah. So we teach our women. These are some of the things that we do in our course. I don't know of anybody who teaches this better than we do, Barbie. Honestly. Well, I I think that um, there's a ton of women out there that could use your coaching. <laughs> Thank you. Um, because I know there is such a high rate of single mothers anymore. And women that are single after being married for 10, 15 years, or they've gone through a couple divorces, and they just don't know how to get it, they feel like they're not getting it right. Mm -hmm. um, my question to you is, so you you help women for 12 weeks, mm -hmm. find their high quality guy. Um, from that point, do you help the couples along as well? That's a great question. So we work with women. We, we, we do have some men who go through the course, but predominantly women. And with that being said, after our 12 week course, we have two other programs for women who want to continue. And the women who, uh, there's a six month course. And then there's a one year program where women work with Benjamin and me directly and we help them really understand how to, you know, the women who really want what we have and aspire to a relationship like ours, those are the women that we work with, you know, really cl up close and personal. And that's really where, you know, like the first 12 weeks sets the foundation and we give you everything you need to know to date and solve this. And many women have, we have women who have gone through the 12 week program 
and literally knocked it out of the park. Barbie, it is such a unique program. I can't even, you know, Benjamin and I have a relationship. I've seen very, very few relationships like ours in my lifetime. It's really true. And it's why I became a coach. I'm not a fool. Like, I know my stuff, you know, and so what's possible through like if women want real love, if they want to find what we call a guardian of their soul, I I would knowing what I know, I wish I had known Elisa Shield when I was dating. I wish I had had somebody who had paved the way who I respected and admired and who walked the talk, who could show me how to do this so that I, and take the guesswork out of it, the struggle, the suffering, and just say, Hey, this is what you need to do and show me the way there. So um, they can find me again by going to lisashield.com. Watch my free 45 minute presentation hop on a call with us. There's no obligation to join. You know, there will be an offer at the end of that call to join. We want to strike while the iron's hot. P- women that walk away and think about it, don't come back. You know, you've been thinking about this for years. The question is, are you ready to get it solved? So yes, we will make an offer on that call to you to sign up because we know that Women who think about it, keep thinking about it. And that's the problem. Women who want to get it solved are willing to take that leap and sign up. So you're not going to figure it out on your own. And even if you did, you're going to waste more years of your life doing that. And these are years you could spend with your future husband, with your children, with your grandchildren. So every, you know, Every year you're out there messing around and wasting time and hoping for it to happen and waiting for a miracle. That's another year that you can't spend with your partner. And I'll tell you, once you meet him, you'll never have enough time. You won't. Benjamin is now 70 years old. I am 61. The 20 years that we have spent together have flown by in a heartbeat and you don't want to miss it this is the greatest show on earth that's so amazing i'm so happy for you first of all thank you um and having the kind of relationship that everyone hopes to have (laughs) and is possible it's possible Mm -hmm. for everyone to have a relationship like that yeah um And you have the toolbox to help people do it. And Barbie, I've helped hundreds of women find their guys. In one 10-day period this month, we had three weddings, two engagements, and a baby announcement. And that was just in 10 days. Every single day, I get multiple emails from my clients saying, you have changed my life. I am so glad I found you. This is the best investment I have ever made. And we get this feedback 
day in and day out from our clients. We actually have a woman who's flying out to Santa Fe next month, and she asked Benjamin and me to marry her here. So that's nice. yeah, Yeah, we're excited. We're really excited. Barbie, thank you so much for having me. It has been such a joy to meet you and an honor to be able to talk to your audience. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your time. And um, if anyone wants to look you up, I'll put the links down below. And um, I wish you all the success in the world, obviously, and happiness moving forward, you and Benjamin. And thank you you for coming on. Let's be social. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, for sure.